Hey now, welcome to another episode of Make Defense Great Again. My name is Chris Fasser, a.k.a. Coach Fass. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we have Ron Roberts, defensive coordinator at Baylor University. Hey now. This was part of the, well, it was supposed to be part of the August series where we got you ready for the season. So you will hear references to fall camp and to vacations, things that feel so long ago. That gives you some context as you're listening to understand what the hell we're talking about. As I mentioned on the DJ Elliott pod, the goal was to interview a couple different coaches on a couple different topics, chop it all up and present different ideas from different perspectives on the same topic. However, as you know, I got sick after I recorded this, but the good news is I got so much time with coach Roberts on this topic that it could be used as a full length podcast. So crisis averted. All right, housekeeping, follow me on Twitter at Coach Vass, the show's account at MDGA Podcast. You'll want to check out the offensive podcast at Run Vass Option. You can check out linktree.com slash Coach Vass for the links to the Patreon, YouTube channel, and the CoachTube course of the week. Speaking of Patreon, I've extended the promotion. If you sign up for an annual subscription in the month of October, you will get two free months I know some guys worry, I don't know about the Patreon, I'm going to cancel, the season's coming, I'm not going to look at it. I can't tell you how many coaches have told me they thought about that at first, but the All-22 resources, technique videos, and most importantly, for the gold and silver and higher tiers, we have our Sunday night webinars where we help you game plan for the coming week. So many coaches have been helped. One of my favorite things to do on Saturday is watch the Twitter DMs as they roll in with ideas that we had cooked up on that Sunday being used for successful defense and even some other ideas where coaches had taken maybe a seed of something I'd given, tweaked it for their players, and made something new. Those are always my favorite. But those Sunday night webinars is the most fun I have all week because we get to solve real-life problems that are going to be happening. It's one thing to go on a webinar in February, talk about what you could do the following year, but These dudes are playing on Friday. They got to have answers. And I have so much fun and feel very humble and honored that they asked for my input. And it is awesome to do. Also, all your favorite defensive film is rolling on in every week, ready for you to watch. If you have any other questions, hit me up on the at MDGA Twitter account. Also, don't forget, we got swag up coachfast.com. And if, and I know I'm going to do my coach tube course of the week, but my coach tube courses are all on sale for the season, defending the wing tee. Had somebody else get the course, help them stop the wing tee. They then took the ideas and applied it to the eye formation. And the quote was, the blue pitch stuff you talked about won us the game this week. I guarantee you that you'll not find a more thorough course. Most courses for the price that I put up are an hour, hour and a half. Mine is eight and a half hours worth of content. So check that out. Also my old and also my developing the third down coverage pressure package. And defending RPOs out of one, two, three, and high out of odd and even fronts is still up, including a bundle with all three on sale. Check out the link tree again. That's linktree.com slash coachvash for the link there. Or you can just check out the show notes and click it directly in there. Lastly, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show. Helps us out with iTunes and people discover the show. I know it's in season. I know you're pressed for time. But if you get 10 seconds and you don't mind doing that to help us out, we greatly appreciate it. Okay, now that that is done, without further ado, one of my favorite humans in coaching, Aron Roberts.
Let's get into it, man. All right, today's pod, we have Ron Roberts, defensive coordinator. And what position are you coaching, coach? Inside linebacker. Inside linebackers coach at Baylor. I should have should have asked you that before we started. <laughs> coach, welcome again to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, Chris. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. I know you're on vacation. Hope I'm uh, not taking too much time away from the family. So we're going to go ahead and get started right into today's episode. Today we're talking about field position considerations. So the last episode, we talked about down and distance, and obviously there will be down and distance considerations within field positions. But today's episode, we're going to talk about what you like to do, philosophically speaking. I know everything's opponent-driven, and a lot depends on what you're seeing and what you're facing. I know your plan for Oklahoma will be different than Kansas State, et cetera. But what are some general thoughts or things to look for in different uh, areas of the field? We're actually going to work kind of backwards. We're going to start the ball in the middle of the field going in, starting on the fringe zone. We'll go into the red zone, the goal line, and then we'll go to the back of the field. We'll go backed up and then coming out, and then any kind of tips or tells you have for in the middle of the field. I always ask, uh, I always like asking coaches what they call that because we call it the freewheeling zone. Some people call it the alumni zone, which, by the way, I didn't know why it was called the alumni zone for like 10 years. So I figured that out. <laughs> um, and when I found out, I was like, oh, and I was like, why don't they call the red zone the student section then? But anyway, so <laughs> we're going to start with the fringe coach. What do you consider? Some people call it the yellow zone, the fringe. What do you call the zone that starts right before the red zone? And again, with everything, everything is opponent driven. I understand that. But when you're kind of just starting out, what's your starting point for that zone right before the red zone? And what do you call it? I call it the fringe. Yep. So we're talking really 35 to the kick line. Uh, what, you know, what is their. You know, that would that, the first thing I would want to go is I, I want to go in the game is on where's their kicker's range at because he got to get the ball to the twenty four uh, where's he where's he where's his his comfort zone and where does his accuracy take place um, so we kind of take it from the thirty five really to wherever the kick line is and I classify that as all the fringe zone um, so there's um, a, couple, there's a couple things we want to consider I was because I think that 35 to the 35, somewhere in there, there's always a, a where do they take shots, you know? Uh, so sometimes the, you get right there on that fringe zone, maybe at the 40, the 30, 35. Uh, that's where you're going to see some of them take some shots to the end zone. Um, why? Because it gets so hard to score once you get in the red zone. Phil gets drunk down and uh, gets drunk, and, and it just becomes harder to do that as, you move, move, as the ball gets closer down there. But uh, are they a shot team? Um, to then the next thing is going to occur is also is that four down territory? You know, at what point where is he going to go? When is this turning to, to to four down between thirty five and that? So because it could turn into to uh, four down territory, your second third down are not the same. You know, uh, you know, a second five is not going to play out like a second five. You know, a third and three is not going to play out the same. Uh, he's got third and three. He's got two. He's thinking he's got two shots of this thing. Um, so one, that, those are two biggest things. And we'll find out really through tape and that is what is his mentality, uh, you know, once he hits that fringe and what's his mentality for fourth down, you know? Um, so I think those are all things that got to come into play. Obviously when you're, when you're making those calls and what down, what down distance, it's not like I said, I can't, I don't think you can treat it the same as uh, when he's on his minus 35 yard line. So there's those things, and obviously, uh, definite third and like the situation I think pops up a lot of times. It's, it's the 
third and seven, uh, ball set at the 30. Uh, you know, he may not get the, uh, the first. Uh, is he content with running the football and getting three, four yards, and that gets him to his kick line and he kicks the field goal? And, you know, uh, can their kicker do that? You know, so, okay, there's, so that's, that's taken there. Third and seven's not third and seven then. You know, because, you know, he's willing to, uh, on a third down, you put sub package on the field, he runs the football, he gets four yards, and he kicks a field goal. Um, so I think those are some big things I think that you really got to consider play calling in the friend zone. Now, what's your approach if you're facing you know, a kicker who's going to be uh, actually get drafted? Like they're good enough to get drafted or signed immediately. You know, a kid that can hit it from 55, not with ease, but you pretty feel, they feel pretty comfortable with that. How does that change your approach uh, on game day? Well, it's just going to move everything back a little bit, you know, so I know, hey, uh, you know, uh, that he, he uh, you know, instead of that being the, the tw- uh, gosh, what would that be, uh, at the 25, or get, uh, at the 25 is a 52-yard kick, so you're saying he gets to the, to the 27, 28-yard line, they feel good about, you know, kicking the ball, so they obviously you just got to move your kick line back, everything's going to start, you know, a couple yards uh, uh, further back. Excellent. So now let's get into the red zone. Do you break up, first of all, do you break up the red zone, high red and low red? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I do. Um, so ours is going to start, you know, we, generally speaking, we, we hit it in the 20, but like I just said, anything inside that kick line becomes red zone. So now the red zone really could start at 24. You know, it's, I think it's a week by week. You know, it's week by week. Where where are they at? Um, so, I general on a general terms, we say our, our red zone is twenty to the ten, right? And then from the ten to the three, we classify as gold zone. That's different. And and you know, there's some play in there by I think it's um, individuality. You know, it's, it's the teams come in. Some of them is going to start on the twelve, and it's really really from the twenty to it's when do they change their offense? You know. Um, so uh, when you get into that uh, red zone area, a lot of guys, I think on the 20, that may not change very much. You know, it doesn't change from the 20 to the 15. It starts getting around the 15 to the 12. They, they do the 15 to the 10. They start changing, uh, whether it be, uh, in, you know, heavy run on first and 10, uh, whether it be X over quarterback run game, unbalanced formations, uh, gadgets, um, you know, those type of things start showing up somewhere around whatever their makeup is going to be. There's, we got to find the distance. Where are these plays occurring at? Uh, generally right now in college football, it's around the 15 yard line. People start going into uh, a lot of X over unbalanced, uh, became shifting every snap shift motion on every snap. It's occurring at that 15 yard line. You know, they're, 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 they're indicating that they, they think they're going to get man coverage. Uh, they're trying to out formation you. They're trying to um, make it hard to make you communicate. Uh, however, you're going to play things inside that 15 yard line. You know, so I think uh, every week. But our general our general thing is 20 to the 10. But I'm looking in there every week. Is that change? Hey, where's the kick line? Okay, so we're going to take these clips from the 24 in 24 to the 12. Uh, and this is where we got to start uh, figure out where do they they start changing offensively. And then, you know, when you get those guys, obviously, I know I'm jumping ahead, but then inside the 10, 
we would call gold. And a lot of people would call that low red. Now you said something interesting, and this may be a dumb question and Lord knows I'm not above asking dumb questions, but you know, a lot of people say, well, when they change their offense, when they change their offense, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. When they change their offense, we're going to do that. Besides run yeah. pass, that's obvious. But besides run pass, what types of stuff are you looking for to say, quote unquote, oh, they're changing their offense? Uh, some of that's the route combinations. You know, again, generally you get to the 15-yard line, you start seeing more uh, bench route, uh, where it's the double drive outside with number three on the corner route. Uh, you start seeing a little more of uh, guys running um, cluster formations, guys running uh, a stick nod. You know, they'll get that stick nod in there somewhere on the 15-yard line. That could be more like 20, 20 to the 15. But that's it's more so like, the, hey, what do they have red zone routes that they like? They have red zone, you know, plays they get into. Interesting. So yep. when you're game planning, what are some considerations? So, so generally speaking, high red zone, what are some considerations on your end that you're going to make differently than let's say the open field or the low red zone? Like, what do you think in terms of game planning and play calling, what are you going to do differently that you wouldn't do in other field zones? Well, uh, the first thing for me is when it gets in the red zone is how did we get there? You know, did I get there because uh, they marched the ball and they've driven it, you know, and they drove it down to the red zone? Okay. That's one. And the other one just says, okay, let's just say uh, uh, we turned the ball over and gave the ball in the 22, you know, or we, we punted the football and they got a good – we punted backed up. Uh, they returned it inside our 40. The drive started at the 38-yard line. Okay. I think when they get there – you kind of go with what you're hanging your hat on, you know. I think when when they started somewhere else and they're moving the football on you, you need to change the ball. I need to I need to change something, you know. I need to give the quarterback a look he hasn't seen. I need to break. I got to break it from rhythm somewhere in there. And then the the first thing that always comes is that I mean I tackle for loss anywhere. I don't got just a sack, but any tackle for loss is, is a you know is a drive killer. You know, so can you go out there and can you do something on first and ten and create a create a tackle for loss? You know, so again for us inside the twenty is a general thing. Uh, you're going to see a little more movement up front. You're going to see a little more pressure um, when they get in those territories. We're trying to create a tackle for loss somewhere in there. That's interesting. So you're not only just approaching it with the the mindset that hey, we're going to run these coverages or whatever, but what did we do? Okay, you're playing a team. You're playing tight spacing quarters. Okay, we neither, we need to either lock down and play some sort of man, and that could be with like a sticky concept where you're going to – I know that's more low, mm-hmm. low red zone, but we're going to play more man. Yeah. So we're going to play actually tighter or we're going to play looser or we're going to bring pressure. So you're looking more at that than, oh, it's high red zone. We're going to run this stuff. Right. Yep, I think I think all this stuff's coming into play. You know, again, biggest thing, what is it? You know, how the biggest first thing the question was, how did they get there? You know, are they running the ball down our throat, or hey, we've been doing a good job. Let's just go out there and play defense. And I don't care if they got the ball on the on the on the twenty four, they got the ball on the thirty two. 
start to drive, hey, if we're playing good defense, let's just go play good defense and get out of here. You know, hopefully, hopefully hold a field goal or something and get back out of the, you know, get off the field. You know, whereas I suppose, like I say, when they start moving the ball on you and they're walking the ball down the field, it's like, I feel like you got to throw, it's time to throw an off-speed pitch. Now let's get into more of the low red zone. So let's talk, when are you really going to start running your red zone special defenses? A lot of teams have their red seven, their red twos, whatever that sort of thing is. Yeah. When are you actually not going to change your mindset? Well, you may change your mindset, but when are you, when are you going yeah. to actually change your calls as well as your mindset? When are you starting to be like, okay, we need to run our red zone, the the, the red zone, quote unquote, coverages that you see. Right. So right, two basic concepts. I mean, really, when we get into the inside that 10, 12 yard line, you know, uh, uh, one is, 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 is there is no post player, you know? So if you're doing any type of man with a post, how can you, you know, get him involved in the front to be an extra quarter, if they're a quarterback run team, be a quarterback player. How can you get involved in the run fit to, to make them have, have to throw the ball in? I think that's also another thing you got to do. You got to make, are you comfortable with them throwing, running the ball in? Or do you say, Hey, I'm going to make you throw it in. You know, so how can you get the free safety down on the front if you're playing, po- you know, any type of man coverages? Um, you know, again, uh, we would break any of our two two high defenses that are valued for coverage. So I'm saying, hey, it's, again, it's third and six on the, you know, six yard line. Uh, those things, that those, you know, two high uh, changes are usually going to occur around the 12, 12 in. And then any of the post defense is going to play. It's really going to say uh, about the. It's really not. The, it's about the eight, about the eight yard line. I think anytime it's closer than that, uh, if you don't give the guy the, the the inside glance help to the field to the field slot, if you just screw the free safety down in there at the at the ten yard line, um, you know you're 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 open. You're susceptible to those things for them just to to, to throw the glance route to, to, to number two. That's interesting. I've never seen it broken down like that. I knew 12 and in was kind of a popular area to start breaking up like your seven brackets. And I'm using seven as a generic term. Yeah. What a yeah. lot of the, the coaches that are listening are familiar with the man match concepts. But I never heard that about the man stuff. I thought it was also the 12. So that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, how good are they throwing the RPOs? How good is their slot? You know, have we done it on the 10 or 12? Yes. And it's probably because you're running the ball down our throat. And, you know, I have to get somebody down there because I can't stop the run. You know, have we done it? But that preferably, that's not what I want to do. Now, how has that changed over the last five to ten years? I mean, was it when you saw more under center or more the horizontal RPOs, was it still that kind of hard deck for you, 12, to start switching too high, eight to start switching man or – like I said, I know the two high, especially the man match concepts, have always been around the twelve. That's been people started to change, but did yeah. the man how you've kind of morphed the man stuff has that changed since the advent of the RPOs, or was it always around the eight yard line? Yeah, I think it's really was the uh, what we called the, the slot line, the gas route, the gas route to two, is what is really what it really affected that. I mean, I'm gonna hey, man is man. You break outside routes. You know, you're gonna throw the fade. You're gonna do that. That, that is what it is. But 
when you open up that middle, that's a that's a pretty high percentage throw actually. When they run that glance route with number two and throw the ball right over the field, I mean, it's, it's a pretty high percentage completion rate. So that's the one that's probably changed some, changed the ball game a little bit. Now, do you change? I know you're changing your post player, but are you changing anything else with how you're playing man technique? Do you play more catch in the red zone or in the low red? Like, what 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 other things are you doing? Yeah, well, for us, it would be um, one I would ask is, you know, how good are we? You know, how good are we at pressing? How good are we doing those things? If a guy's really good, like I said, I've had some guys in the past that have been really good press corners, and you just don't want to pull them off. Let, it, let him go do what he does, you know. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, you know, once the ball gets inside the eight, you kind of say, uh, if you're going to play it from off, you know, um, then it's kind of eight, you use the goal line. So I would put at eight, I would flat foot at the goal line. Balls at the seven, I'd still be flat foot at the goal line. Balls at the six, I'd still be flat foot at the goal line. Balls at the five, I'd still be flat foot at the goal line. You know, and I would play catch on the goal line. You know, uh, so that's the only other changes. Now, again, there's some there's some tough things on the on the, the goal line fade playing that. You know, doing that, but um, you can play it from off. Uh, I would prefer to press things. You know, and if you, but again, some of you guys aren't good at press. Some receivers are really good at getting off it. Um, and now, now it becomes a game within the game. You know, how, how are you going to change this thing up? Are you going to go get them at the line of scrimmage and make them throw the, the, the fade route? Or are you going to play from off and try to hopefully make them, you know, convert the thing and throw a slant route or throw something underneath? Did you ever run any of the infamous red two stuff that you hear about that, uh, I had Michael Lombardi on the podcast last year. And he said, Oh, red two, that's, that's too complicated. And I, I've been able to look at some of the playbooks from some of the NFL guys and things, and it doesn't seem as hard as he made it out to be, but have you ever run any of that red two specialty stuff from that Saban Belichick tree? Um, from what I understand, and I don't know exactly in their terminology, what, I mean, I think I, I think I got a pretty guess what it is. And I would say, yes, we're very highly in that, in that world. Yeah. What, um, what other coverages that you can talk about? And I know, you know, we, I don't want to reveal any state no. secrets, but what, what are some other stuff that in the red zone, when you're talking about some of the man match stuff, like I know, for example, Alabama, when they get inside the 12 yard line, they'll, they'll play, they have a seven bracket coverage where they're going to play press on one bracket, the two with the nickel being outside and down and the deep safety being inside and deep. And they'll actually switch that. And they are funny enough called switch. To, to help with the seven route. Um, do you guys play stuff like that? What are some things, what are some other things that you like to do once you get down there specifically? Yeah. Uh, when, when we, you know, when we get down in there, well, we have, at our two high, we have tools in the bag, you know, and in our two high tools in the bag kind of get down there basically to where we ask, we're going to double, we're doubling guys, whether it be the inside slot, you know, inside, outside, we're doubling that guy. We're going to take him away. Instead of Y in the core. So we're going to take the slot away. We're going to double him. And we're going to double the X. We're going to double two ways. We're going to double inside, outside. You're going to double them high, low, you know, press underneath and the guy on top. Um, so yeah, we're going to do quite a bit of that stuff. Yeah. You know, again, and then how can you really relieve the field side X, the far throw, but still, how can you get it? Which that's the tougher one, obviously we you to you know, do anything to change that up. To get him helps kind of tough. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to, all those kind of tools, the bags, you know, we like, uh, obviously cause you right now at that point, you're getting all those safeties. There's no back. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no half, there's none of that stuff. So all the safeties are involved. And so now they would always be involved in any type of underneath coverage as a general rule for us, whether inside the 12 yard line. Whether you can triangle two and three, get a three over two, you're going to play three on two, whether you're going to play a three on two into the boundary if it's a two by two set, you know, or is it going to be two on one? But always, yeah, we're trying to eliminate eliminate a couple of receivers and make them know, that, and our guys know uh, where he needs to go with the football if he's going to be successful. Now, is it one of those things where you just draw the routes and be like, okay, we're going to we're going to match up our guys to where the routes are. I mean, is it that simple? Um, well, it's just like, that. Yeah, it was simple. It's like, uh, let's say, so it's Y in the core, two to the field, you know, we've got a single on the boundary and we're going to double the X, you know, where it could be, Hey, I'm going to play outside press with the corner on the X. Right. And I'm going to over exaggerate, you know, outside leverage. Uh, to make sure you, you don't have the X fade. If you release, try to release outside on that, you're going to take them to the boundary because you're 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 wider in your alignment. So okay, you eliminate. So right, there's no X fade. Okay, so good. So what route you're going to get? You're going to get the slant route. Well, that you know the safety's got to be able to play the slant. Safety's got to be able to help on the dig. Safety's got to be able to drive the curl. You know, and I know I got to be able to play heavy outside. Just make sure there's not a fade route here. You know, so you know those type of things on a two on one. Um, same thing, like I said, if you're doing the slot to the field, it's kind of the same kind of concept, really, you know, uh, but yes, we're looking at, uh, Hey, what are the, what are the routes? What do they like to run? And then what are the tools in the bag that we have to play four over three, three over two, two over ones. Interesting. Good stuff, coach. Now let's talk about the goal line. Let's, let's get down in there in the nitty gritty. So what? Yeah. What are you, is it simply, you know, we're going to see when they change offenses, that's going to be our goal line, or do you have a sort of a rough area? I mean, what's your starting point? Yeah, as a, as a ballpark, we start, when we start out, we say the three, or inside the three. So we go goal 10 to the three, and then basically, so at the two and a half, and will be goal zone. Uh, but again, you're looking, hey, when do they, are they going to come out? When Are they going to change personnels? Uh, do they have in their goal line package? They come out in 22 personnel. They're going to come out in 32 personnel. They're going to come out in an extra ta- an extra tackle in the ball game. They have a jumbo package. You know what, what kind of short yardage? And usually it's going to mimic whatever the short yardage offense is on the middle of the field. It's usually going to be pretty close to that. You know. Um, so uh, you know if they were going to stay in 11, well then we're probably going to run basically the same things we ran in the gold zone. Um, coming on down, you know, whether, Hey, if it's dropping the run and we're going to play one high and get the free safety in the box, or is it, uh, uh, playing coverage and, you know, bracketing guys or playing three over two or build out number, take a couple of these routes away. Um, but once, if they're going to go, the biggest thing you see is, Hey, down there, they change personnel. They go to some type of big, heavy package. Uh, they're doing those things, you know? Um, so, and that generally for us, it's been some type of odd package, you know, uh, whether it be in some years it's been bare and some years it's been, uh, you know, the 
called stab with four eyes, two edge rushers, um, and doing those things. Um, you know, uh, what we really try to indicate whether we're playing it out of four down or we're playing out of odd is really, you know, what are they doing? Um, and what's easiest for our kids to communicate the formations they're seeing. You know, uh, there's certain things I think with like 22 and stuff, uh, we're better out of it, out of a, uh, our odd package, uh, uh, stab single, you know, two backers, two, two backer system in the box. Um, just be able to adjust those things out. I think it's better on communication as opposed to acting a, a safety having a slide inside the box. Generally, we've been better at that. Uh, if there are 11 personnel, we're going to play these out four down or, or some type of, uh, you know, a fifth man pressure. Bring, bring five, bring a, a fifth guy out of it. Um, but uh, in the, you know, there's not a lot of way. If they're going to shove them all in there and get uh, whatever, some type of 32 personnel, big, heavy, that kind of stuff, there's not a lot of options. I mean, you're going to play man. How do you want to set the front up, you know? Uh, there's not, you can say you want to play zone, but that's, that's almost ridiculous, you know, down there to play a zone coverage versus a 30, you know, a 32 personnel or something like that. Um, now what we have done is if they're like 22 with a single wide and he's a dude, you know, then we play some type of one concept and, and instead of screw the guy in the front, if we feel good about it, we could double it. We could, you know, double that guy. So any of our one high stuff actually backed up in the gold zone too. We do have the ability. I could do one and we would tag a receiver. I could, so any of our man high calls, I could do man high, I could tag somebody and, and, and get that guy doubled, you know, and usually we're doing that way. We're doubling inside, outside double, you know, so it's the, the, the safety on that side doesn't have to get out too wide on that guy. It's easier for disguise. Um, but if you, I think the things that help the most, like I said, and the heavy stuff is that uh, being able to, you know, if you can move the front, if you can stunt the front at all, um, you know, I think that's the easiest things. To, I think it's the easiest things to do. And then my biggest comment to our guys all the time is, hey, you know, like, don't get down there. You know, <laughs> you don't like the things that are going on. You know, hey, we don't want to defend now. Let's just don't get down there. So, and you tell me if I'm not getting exact enough for you. You know, this kind of is the kind of the way I look at things. I, I look at it as kind of general concepts and uh, things. So, no, this uh, is great. Playing, you know, is our, our exact calls. But, again, a lot of your viewers, our listeners, I think they're, hey, they're doing it out of, you know, uh, uh, four, uh, they're four, two, five. Okay, great. If you're four, two, five, how are you going to as well? Getting a man free and screw the free safety down in there, giving the fit. And if you're going to bracket, how can you, you have the ability to double the X? You have the ability to double the slot. You have the ability to double some guy. That's a, that's a, that's a problem. Um, you know, and then like I said, the heavy stuff, it's like, you know, I, I, I like it. be have a, a like a, a big package, 12 for, you know, 22, 32, uh, get in fall camp, even if our guys don't do it and kind of run the same thing all year. So you get good at it, you know? Hey, do they guys know hey, they do this? We're doing this, and they know it from day one. You know, um, no, that makes that makes great sense. Now, let's talk about what you've seen in the past few years. You know, a lot of offenses trickle down from college and high school. What are some of the newer low red zone plays that you're seeing and goal line plays that you're seeing that 
if you decided tomorrow to go back and coach high school football, that you'd be <laughs> on the, yeah, don't laugh too hard, coach. <laughs> no, I know. No, I think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was an evil laugh. I had that same laugh. What are some of the newer trends offensively that we got to be looking out for? Well, I think uh, like uh, our conference, I thought you saw uh, in Big 12 this year, a lot of guys got into red and they ran X overs. Uh, saw a lot of versions of Power E. Um, you, you know, uh, you know, you got the same thing. We got the, when we went to any heavy package, it was a lot of, it was you know, two tight ends, three tight ends, and then a tackle over with it. You know, so it was tackle over to one side, move the tight ends around, motions, movements. You know, I think the toughest things down there is to defend is, is if the motion and movements and getting a, getting aligned to certain formations. You know, you, you know, when we do, I mean, we're just like last year, and you know, you know it's kind of an odd year because of COVID, but even going through our film breakdown and uh, self scout, a lot of the plays that were successful that we were that we failed on that people were successful against us is we didn't get lined up right. You know, it was, hey, was it motion? Was it movement? Was it unbalanced? Was it some? Yeah, it was a lot of was those things and. Just because of maybe, I mean, you know, I don't want to say it's all the reason, but uh, the lack of practice time of being together, uh, we didn't have enough reps at it, and we got misaligned a lot of times, and they walked the ball in, you know. Um, and not just down there. I'm talking middle of the field as well. You know, it was just, you know, the misaligned. So I, I, I love, I think the best things is you know, motion, movement, unbalanced, X over, we call formation issues. The more formation issues you got, I think that's, that's the toughest thing. That's what we want to be able to do. We, we, hey, we start from bread and butter, not just lining up in our stuff, but how are we going to handle all these formation issues that are, take place? You know, how, how are you going to be able to handle them? Yeah, your conference, I watched it. I did a show for Big 12 Network briefly, and uh, <laughs> the offense, as you guys see, was just, I was like, oh, I feel so sorry for these guys. <laughs> Because of yeah. all just the crazy stuff you see, you know. In, in general, I should say this: uh, that most everything we do, we do, and I try to do, I still believe on the premises that hey, you you just don't want one, don't let the quarterback run it in. You know, make sure you got to be quarterback sound. And another thing down there in the red zone, gold zone areas, we say hey, you got to eliminate the easy throws. You know, an access throw. Uh, a fullback in the flats, a tight end in the flats, boot passes. You've got to be able to leverage those things and take those plays away. Those are easy throws. Now, I, I, hey, you shove it down my throat and you whoop our tail. I got, I mean, I got to, I'm not going to like it, but I got to be able to live with that, you know? Uh, but those things where they just out leverage you. So a lot of our coverages are designed to make sure that, hey, we want to make sure we leverage the back to the flat. We make sure who's, who's handles the back out. Who's going to handle the tight end either way coming out to the flat uh, and can is down there. Can you make them really, uh, you know, throw the ball to the back two corners of the end zone? You know, that's really it. Hey, make them throw that thing. Make them throw the ball in the back of the end zone. Uh, don't give them the stuff across the middle. Don't give them stuff in the flats. And that's where the, the whole red two and those concepts kind of really are built around. That makes sense. That makes sense. So anything else you want to include before we go back around from the one yard line to the other one yard line, anything that we missed or we need to include there? 
Um, no, the only other thing I have to say is that I, I think I've, for generally, you know, uh, I think the years I've made mistakes is when we try to do too much in the in the uh, in the red zone or gold zone. You know, I think we've been really good when when I, I kept it kind of well simple for us and simple for somebody else. Maybe two different things. We play a lot of defense, so um, but really when I can kind of cut it down to a couple, three or four basic concepts. Hey, here's what I want to do: two high. Here's what I want to do: one high. Here's what I want to do: twelve personnel. Here's what I want to have eleven personnel. Uh, when I did that and we kind of got better at it and just didn't make mistakes and made them execute to get the ball in, we've been better. And that's what we'll obviously we'll strive for this year. That's great stuff. That's one of the only areas that I'm always like, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Like, listen, something bad happened. You're down there. Like you said, something, something bad happened and you better hang on to your ass. So we need to force the issue. And it's like, that's when it becomes middle school ball in the sense that like, okay, don't overthink yourself. Who's their best player. Okay. Let's, you know, let's make them work for it. At least no easy yeah. runs, take away their best guy. If they beat you with the third best guy. Okay. Well then, you know, you force them to play left-handed. Listen, they already got down there. So yeah, you, yeah. you know, and, and I like what you said, and I know you were talking more about hitting the fringe, but Okay, we did something, unless it was a turnover by the offense backed up. We did something that they're they're here. They're here. And we and what we did ain't working. So <laughs> what do we need to do? <laughs> Call something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sometimes and right. and and honestly, like some of the best calls I've ever made, and I maybe you can attest to this, but some of the best calls I've ever made were like we used to call it the emotional call of the night when I would just snap and randomly call something really aggressive. Yeah. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but sometimes it's like, there's an old, um, it's going to, this is going to sound weird, but stay with me. There's an old Edgar Allan Poe poem or something that smart football, Chris uh, Brown from smart football talked about, this is years ago about random play calling. And he talked about, basically it was the 1850s, whatever version of rock, paper, scissors. And sometimes you get into the, Oh, okay, I'm going to do this. No, they, they know I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do this, but they, they know that I know. And that, you know, you just trick yourself up and sometimes it's better just to go <laughs> that one. And in yeah. that vein, okay, we've been playing tight for whatever down there. Let's go even zero and let's, let's force the issue. We haven't done that in a while. Where's my best even zero pressure that one, you know, almost maybe I'm yeah. kind of contradicting myself by saying, you know, you're doing something intentional. No, I think but- mixing yeah. it up and then just kind of almost going random to be like, Hey, they know they're on to us. We, we gotta, you know, change, change our fortunes. Yeah. I think, I think it's a big part of it. I think, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and say is that, you know, I, I think the best thing is when you live in extremes down there, you know, I'm going to play front off. We're going to drop eight. Hey, we're going to play. We're going to make sure we handle the, the fade. We're going to uh, double these guys. Oh hey, boom! We're gonna load the front, or hey, we're gonna bring, you know, we're bringing six, we're bringing seven. You know, I think when you live in those things where I'm saying, hey, I'm, this is cause to stop the run, and I need to be right, and this cause to stop the pass, and I need to be right. You know, I think if you do those things, I, th- I think you, I think, I think that's the best way to live down there. Let's talk about backed up. What are you delineating as backed up or what are you calling it? And what yard lines are you considering that? Uh, well, backed up would be anything inside the five, you know, 
And, and so it really just set the tone for that. And said, you know, we say anything inside the five is a way, you know, we're saying that first of all, he, he's got to, he's got to get the ball outside the five so that he can punt this ball from a, a normal pump formation, you know, um, anything inside the five, you're going to make him for the best thing about it. Hey, I can force you to punt this thing from a tight formation and we can another 10 yards on a return. And now we'll give him offensive ball at 35. Hey, awesome. You know, so back to up for us to be anything inside the five yard line. So when we first say is, Hey, what are we expecting? I say, to our guys that, hey, you need to expect a couple things. One, we expect direct runs. They're going to come downhill at your tail. they got to get it out of the end zone. Right? They're not going to run a lot. Of, most people are not going to do this. Now, I've seen it, but most people are not going to run counter GT uh, from, the, from their two-yard line. Most people are not going to run power read. Even Oklahoma? From their, from their, Even uh, Oklahoma, yeah. they won't run it. <laughs> yeah, from their three. They're not doing it. So it's direct runs. you got to know that coming in. It's going to be, boy, hey, well, it's, it's uh, inside zone, tight zone, power lead, duo, whatever else it is. Hey, you're going to say direct runs. You're going to see uh, quarter. We talked about uh, uh, move the pocket on the quarterback. They're not going to leave him in there because they want the option to, to see it and throw the ball out and not get caught with a safety or run and get him out of get him out of trouble. So direct runs, move the pocket, and then we talk about heart count always. Is that uh, you know when they're inside of five. The easiest thing they can do is hard count you and steal five and get it out of there. You know, now they can run their offense. Um, so those are three things we go in. When the ball goes inside of five, I want our, our kids to kind of repeat, hey, you know, hard count, alerted to direct runs, this ball's coming straight at us. And then, you know, uh, three, we've got to be, be alert on who the edge players are for them to run some of the quarterback move in the pocket. And then, you know, sometimes usually it's not – it can occur inside of five, but uh, we talk usually somewhere around that five to ten in their areas. Like, hey, this is a sh- and they're going to take a shot now. You know, if somebody's got the if they got their, the the dads for it, it's an easy way to flip the field. You know, so our corner's got to be prepared for to take a shot. You know, the kind of box guys got to be ready for direct runs, D line, hard count, and we all got our own little emphasis of what we need to be thinking down here. What's going to take place? So I don't know if they're getting to me what I'm calling. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What What are you What are you yeah. going in? I mean, obviously it depends on the team, but are is there anything like the only place I did not like blitzing was inside the five because the risk reward was not there for me. Yeah, we get a safety, we get the ball back, but they know we're yeah. going to come, so it's going to be hard counts and shots. And usually when they do that, it's max protected. You know, so exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're not gonna, you're not getting there anyway. Um, yeah. So for us, it would be, you know, again, especially a first down, second down ball sitting in the, you know, in that, in that, you know, three, four yard range to, you know, we're going to play in our run stopper. So it would be tight front quarters coverage where it would be some version of three, but you got to disguise it. So you don't give him the access hitch and he just takes it. Can't do that. You know, um, you know, but we want to get in a run call. You know, usually what are they doing out of two? Do they, do they get into their heavy pack? they get into the 12 personnel? Um, you know, or are they going to stay in 11? Now, if people stay in 11, if they're going to stay, if they're going to stay in 11, tonight, I will bring the edge pressure because it's like, it's, it's too short of an edge. I'm going to hit you. You know, now I got a, I got a TFL down there and you're in big trouble. 
you know, I don't care if I get the ball, to, it don't matter if it's first and 10 at the three. If I can tackle it on the two, oh, crap. Now, now it's second, you know, second long at the two. Um, so if they stay in 11, a lot of times we, we I mean, not a lot of times, but I would, I would bring edge pressure, you know, probably from version of a creeper. So I'm just rushing four, but I could be bringing the safety off the edge or something to try to hit somebody. Um, and then obviously when you go to third down, what are they going to do? You know, are they, you know, the ref is, is really third and long. Usually, you know, unless they don't trust their quarterback, they're still going to try to throw it. You know, they're going to try to get out of there. Try to get a first. If they can, uh, they don't trust their quarterback, then you can see them just hand the football off again for the third time and, 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 and be content with punting. But, uh, and then on those downs, we got the same thing. Then we, we just play it just like normal. So if it wouldn't take, if it was third and long, third, seven plus, Inside the five, uh, we would play it like the same thing as whatever our third seven package was in the middle of the field. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, once you get out of that that area, what are you thinking now? Are you immediately going, all right, negative six to the – whenever we get to the fringe is the open field, or do you break that, that yeah. area up as well? Yeah. No, we, we call the next parts coming out. You know, so when I get reports, we get them all, they're all by, by areas of the field. So I got, you know, whatever, friends, red zone, gold zone, goal line, backed up, coming out, you know, and then alumni, we do the alumni. So um, if it, uh, you know, that, I think when they, once they get the ball out and they're out of that range, uh, then you're kind of going to see the, you know, a little bit of them go back to their normal package and, you know, so once the ball even gets to the set, they get a first down to six, a little bit of breathing room. Hey, they, you know, usually it's, most of the time I see it, it's usually a change of personnel. You know, hey, ball's on the three, they're in 12. Ball goes to the six, they sub out to 11. Okay, now you know the regular offense is coming. Uh, now, if they didn't, you know, then obviously that would be, obviously you got to calculate that in. Uh, and I don't, you know, what does that look like? Um but uh, most of the time, when like coming out, they're usually doing you know high access throws. What are the bread and butter runs? I mean, you know, they're still trying to get out this thing so they get it out to punt the ball on the other side of the fifty. Um, I'm kind of generally at that point. Really, I would, I would, I'm going to play the numbers, and the numbers is just that you know basically any any drive that occurs inside your twenty, you you've got you know less than a, you have less high, less than a 20% chance of scoring. If I just don't bust the coverage and give up a big play. So generally we'll be a little soft. I mean, not softer, but we'll be kind of basic. I'm going to go play football and get lined up. We're going to see what we can do and see if I can, you know, Hey, can we go three and out and get out of here? Um, but the biggest thing I, I'm not big on my main coverage is down there anywhere. I'm really anywhere on the negative side of the field, you know, I'm not big on uh, locking unless our corners are just much better than yours. Uh, I, I don't want to give a whole lot of isolated throws, and um, especially with a, if, a, if I'm giving it away by the look and the quarterback knows it. You know, um, so I think you just play the odds there, keep the ball in front of you. Uh, the chances of them driving a football is not very good. You know, like I said, it's letting, the odds aren't in football, college, NFL. It's less than twenty percent. The ball's inside the twenty. You know, so the chances of them doing it, it's not very good. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I remember a, a stat. Peyton Manning from the negative 20 to the negative 35 was like 50-50 TD interceptions. At whatever point I listened to this uh, radio show, it was on Sirius with Pat Kerwin. Mm-hmm. And backed up, and it's because when they're backed up, they run the ball. And then so if, and basically if you even, I forget the exact number, but it was something like, and you went a step further and took only Manning's drives where he was on the field from the 20 to the 35, where the drive started inside the 20. He like, I think he even threw more interceptions than, than touchdowns because he's bottled up, bottled up, bottled up. You know, he's got to hand it off, got to hand it off. And once he breaks through, he's like, all right, it's time. And he starts forcing it. Yeah. So he's a hall yeah. of famer. One of the best ever everywhere on the field, you know, before, before, well, not really before the 19. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's good. And then all of a sudden, that little sliver of the field, it was it was over for him. That's huge. If you can get a turnover down there inside the, inside the plus territory, that's pretty big. So, heck, any turnover is good. <laughs> I want to kind of circle back before we move on. Splitting up this field position, you have a a template in your mind of where you want to start. For a certain team... You know, we talked about this a little bit, but do your GAs, do you give them sort of tips to be like, hey, I've been watching these guys. Their kicker's really good. Watch the let's move the fringe zone. Look at this for me. Or, hey, I'm thinking these guys, they actually start their goal line offense. My gut's telling me they're actually going to start at the five going in. And or, hey, this team, you know, we play teams that they didn't change with their routes. They just ran their offense, especially like air raid teams. They're going to do what they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Do you have a graduate assistant or a fellow coach or do it yourself where you're combing through the tendencies by field position to kind of set the breaking points up for you? Like, what's your process there? Yeah. Um, So, we have a general parameter we go through. And then, as I'm going through that cut up, I would notice, you know, hey, like, so let's just say, I'll back up, say, gold zone. I'm going gold zone. I'm sorting it by, hey, I would first sort it by down distance. I'm sorting it by, uh, 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 then I'm sorting it by yard line. You know, I'm watching the ball go in. Um, and it's like, hey, I'm noticing, hey, whoa, there's, they actually, they at the four yard line here or whatever, you know, they went to a jumbo pack. They went to two, whatever. Like I said, they went to three tight ends, you know, and I know they did it at the four. Okay, so I'm just that's just kind of those changes occur obviously because I saw personnel come in the game and I'm changing at the same time, you know. Um, but all the kick line, I would go ask the special teams coordinator what's the kicker's range, what is it? He tells me, and then uh, sometimes I'll change the reports. A lot of times they're written already, and I just go through sorting it out and I just sort it that way, and I'll stop it at 23 and I'll just watch those, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. So let's get into time consideration. So two minute, a lot of coaches, including myself for a long time did. All right. Two minute. Here's what we're going to do. Here's our call. And then, okay, here's our Hail Mary stopper. And that's good. We're good. Okay. We've got two minute covered. Move on next. The more and more Mm -hmm. I have studied and looked and I had a deep conversation with DJ Elliott about this. He gave me a lot of things to look at. So I want to kind of go through this with you. 
and get your thoughts on it. So two minute, how do you differentiate besides the obvious two minutes at the end of a half and two minutes at the end of the game? How do you differentiate your approach and how do you differentiate it if they need a field goal or a touchdown or anything like that? Like what are the considerations you're looking at? And then we'll kind of talk about some answers to some of these things that you like. Yep. So, okay. Um, well, one end of the game, it's kind of simple. Hey, what do they need? You know, do they need field goal? Do they need a touchdown to win. All right. So that tells me what the yard line I'm defending. Am I defending the goal line or am I defending the, the, the 25, you know, the 23 yard line, the kick line for a field goal. Yeah. And then uh, for the half, you know, I obviously, you know, I don't know, a week, week if you believe in the, which I do, you know, you believe in the whole concept of winning the, in the middle eight. Um, and it kind of goes in hand to hand with your offense too. But um, for us, you know, obviously, yeah, we'll keep them off the board before the half. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing I do is I got to make, if I make them, if, I, if they're going to mark it down there, I got to make them kick the field goal, hopefully. You know, no, don't give them the seven. You know, so I do think they're totally different. Because one, you're defending, you, you know your yard line, you know what you're defending. Okay. So here's my biggest thing would be before the half. Okay. All right. So what I usually classify it as is okay, going in is uh, if they have on the clock, now you can with some timeout start and all that stuff. But generally speaking, on a, so you can get a, 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 a parameter of it. So, hey, if they've got 10 seconds, well, I look at 10 seconds for every 10 yards. Okay, so that's basically telling you if the ball is at the fifty, if they got fifty seconds, right? If the ball, if uh, if the ball was on the minus forty and they had a minute, if the ball was on the minus thirty and they had a minute ten, the ball was on a twenty and they had a minute twenty. Okay, as long as they've got ten seconds for ten yards, all they've got to do is execute. I mean, defensively, we got to stop them. Clock's not going to be the issue. Okay. Uh, if they don't have that, they have to get a chunk in here somewhere. So if I can, if I can prevent the chunk from occurring, my odds are that I, you know I'm, I'm going to be successful. And I'm going to win. You know, I'm, at least I'm coming out of the half with nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, or at the end of the game, if I'm defending the goal line. You know. So also speaking, of, hey, if you're talking about field goal, that's really hey, my ball sitting on the minus forty, and he's just got to get to the the thirty, and he's got thirty seconds on the clock. You better stop him, you know, or he probably wouldn't do a 30 is pretty heck. You know, it'll take 25, you know, so he's got 35 seconds on the clock. Uh, then really he's got plenty of time. If he executes, you know, if they don't take a sack, they don't do knucklehead stuff and run around, you know, if they don't do that. And they know how to execute a two minute drill. Clock's not going to be the issue. So, uh, before the half, so that's kind of my first mindset going is, do they have time? You know, I'm going to look at hey, what's the clock, you know, what's the yard line? Do they have time? No, they don't have time. All right. I'm going to play softer. Right. I'm going to clock's my friend. Okay. Uh, two. Oh, I got to stop them. Okay. Well, great. Uh, then obviously we'll, we'll be a little more aggressive. All right. So then here's our parameters on the field. I generally say that, Hey, if, if when we start a two minute drive out and I'm just going to say they're on the, let's say they got the balls on the 20 and they've got two minutes. 
it's a true two minute situation. Uh, which hardly ever occurs, but, uh, they do that. Um, all right. I'm generally going to start it out some type of cloud corners, hard corner concept, some type of flat guy, right. Uh, just to keep the ball in bounds, right. I want to make sure that, Hey, if they get the ball going, that I tackle them in bounds and I get the clock running. Right. So, so, so with that whole clock situation, I just said, it, it can change throughout a drive. You know, you got plenty of time on the clock. You got a minute or whatever, you know, you got, you got a minute, minute 40 on the clock. You know, you're at your 20 yard line. Great. You throw the ball for five yards. We tackle them in bounds and you just burn up 25 seconds to get the next ball off. Bam. Clock's not your friend anymore, buddy. It's mine. You know what I mean? Right. And also, I can, I can see. So, all right. So, as generally speaking, they start the time drop. I like to know some type of hard corners. What are you playing? Are you playing with bracket coverage? Are you playing with a Tampa coverage? Are you playing it with some type of free cloud look? What are you doing? I don't know. You know, whatever you do, but hard corners keep the ball in bounds. Then, uh, generally for us, if the ball is moving, uh, if the ball is moving, I'm going to bring pressure. If the clock's moving, I'm going to come after them because they cannot, they do not have the time to redirect protection when the clock's moving. They will not sit there and hold it and call and go rip, oh, you know, slide right, slide right. They ain't doing that. You know, they just, I found they will not do that with the clock moving on a two minute situation. So, if, like, so, so that's, that's one thing I, I do like. Uh, then the next thing really we talk about is, hey, we're going to face some type of too high coverage majority of the time. So our guys know, hey, they know it's going to be one of these calls that's going to get us a hard corner. They know two, hey, the ball gets spot in down, the clock's moving. They're expecting a pressure call. All right. They know besides that, it's probably going to be too high. It's going to be some type of too high coverage. All right. And then, then I tell them that the 50-yard line, Right, so the 50 yard line is what I call the line of demarcation. Right, it's like when they hit the 50, you got to evaluate all that stuff. If it's before the half, they hit the 50, now you're talking field goal range, and what do you got to do? Okay, uh, if they need a field goal at the end of the game, you're kind of in the same situation, right? So at the 50, hey, we may get tight, right? If we're in sub, we're probably gonna get out of it. I'm going to get back into base calls. I mean, not base calls, but a basic front. Why? Because we have more pressures in it. Yeah. And then, so the next thing I want to know is the kick line. So if you said the kick line is the 24 and you're sitting at the 25 and you're going to take a snap on third and whatever, third, whatever, second and five, I'm probably going to try to heat you up and get you off the kick line. I'm trying to get a sack at that point. At that point, you're you're in field goal range, and there's well, there's 20 seconds on the clock, and you're still you're going to try to get it down there farther. But I know you're sitting on the kick, you're on the kick line. So if he's on the kick line and he takes that, and he's going to take a snap and drop back, I'm pro- I'm coming with pressure because I'm going to try to get the sack and get him out of field goal range. And so that would be the same thing at the end of the game if they needed a field goal. That's where you see. I mean, I think you see a lot of these offensive guys. The ones that understand that they're going to, hey, 
It's uh, you know some people say, oh wow, why is he more aggressive? The ball's in a twenty-four, but he's got twenty-five seconds. You know why is he running the ball twice and kicking the field goal? Because if he drops back and he messes this thing up and it's a sack, he's not in field goal range no more. He knows that. You know, so so you do have the guys understand that, and you got to realize, okay, the ball's at twenty-five. He's on the sitting on the kick line. There's twenty seconds on the clock. He's gonna run a play. He got to run. He's gonna run one play or he, whatever he's gonna run. He's gonna run a play. Okay. Well, there's a good chance if he knows that he's gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna run the football. If he doesn't understand the clock, he's gonna drop back, and you're gonna have a chance to hit him. That's all great stuff, Coach. A lot of things to think about. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing of those things is like your your kids know what you're doing in those situations, and they expect the call. You know. I think, I think that's a big part of it. So let's talk about the last few plays of a game. Now I know some teams have, well, every team I know has some sort of Hail Mary defense. And then a lot of teams that I've seen have a penultimate play, your next to last play. And then I've seen some teams have like the third to last play. I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. for a team that needs to win the game, end of the game scenario, and they're going to chart, they have to score a touchdown and they're within a touchdown. But yeah. do you have any yeah. sort of, I mean, besides a basic Hail Mary defense, do you have any other sort of plays like sideline yeah. guarding plays? Not, not just like, hey, we're going to play cloud coverage, but, you know, we're going to have a special side. Like I know I, I saw some of the Patriots do, which I thought was really mm-hmm. great is if you don't have any timeouts or in the NFL where the clock doesn't start, they play what they call five sideline. And for them, yeah. cover five is two man. So they play two yeah. man, but outside leverage, which is like, yeah. no, no of no, no of no, no usually, but right. they're going to undercut, but they're going to play outside leverage. So you can't throw outs, which I thought was a very interesting concept, but it makes sense in the NFL when that clock's not going to stop. I don't know if it's something you want to do in college, because all they got to do is yeah. throw a dig, get a and they get a de facto timeout, really. Uh, but you yeah. know, do you have any special calls that you put in? Well, let's let me back up. Yeah. Do you have any special defenses you put in for two minute, and then anything that you put in for next to last play before you get to the hail mary? Yeah, no, no special things for two minutes. You know what I mean? Actually, as it gets really, like I said, hey, I got a couple of indicators that we, when would we like to bring pressure? It would be on a moving clock. Um, we kind of, you know, we want to start this thing out with some type of cloud corners. Hey, besides that, we're going to be in probably some type of bracket coverage. I mean, if anybody pops our film is going to see that. You know, that that's what we're going to be in, you know. Um, so uh, the only thing, yes, we do exactly the same thing. So if there's no, they have no timeouts. Uh, we, we have a call does that puts them all outside leverage and we kind of do it with a whole player too. So we would do that with a, uh, with a low hole player, you know? So again, we would take the back. It's a turn into three. It's a three man rush, three man rush, outside leverage, low hole player for the dig. Uh, but we're playing all outside leverage and don't, you know I mean? Basically all we're saying, we're going to, we tell them we're going to give them the curl. We're going to, I mean, not give him much on his back. I need to get him down. But what basically we were saying is, oh, I want the ball thrown. We want the ball thrown inside and get him tackled up, you know. And the chances are they're not doing that anyway. They're, they're, they're going to see you. They call. They're going to call a sideline route. They're, they're, they're going to run it. So, um, 
So we do that. And then obviously the, the Hail Mary situation, which there's two ways to play that, you know, whether you're playing, I, I always say that there's two ways. It's like, Hey, you're playing some type of fence concept where it's where, Hey, you're going to put three, four on the back line and we're going to play the jump ball. We're going to bracket that. You know, and I say, if you're doing that, there's ways to do, you know I mean? Who, who's your box out guy? Who's the jumper? You know, who's responsible? Cause the offense is going to have a, jumper a back line and then a tipper they're always going to set they're going to set those three guys so so who who's the box out guy who you got going for the jump and then who you got covering the back line guy you know um so i think you got to have those things you're playing jump ball it's not just back four up and go you know let's go get for the ball uh so i think you got to do that right um uh but the other so that that would be kind of my fence kind of situation hey we're putting them all back here we go um, we, you know, there's a couple ways to do that too. Um, but, uh, you know, the, or I, the other ways to come after him, you know, if he's got to sit at the 45 and he's got to roll out and they got to get time to get in the end zone to throw it, heat him up. Yeah. You know, heat him up. Don't give him time. Don't let him time to get those suckers down there. Now the answer for that, the one question is really, I hate to say it, but it's the reality is, okay. If you, I'm not saying you have to play man, you can play, a, you know, a two high zone concept and, and, uh, and, and rush, rush a fifth guy off the edge and, and do that, you know, play two deep four under, and you can do that. But the question is that you, if, if, if you bring pressure and you play any type of man, and they hit it. You're going to answer the boosters now. You may get your ass fired. <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, we find again. Uh, so I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. We wouldn't play man. I wouldn't. We play some type of zone, kind of zone, fire zone. Uh, not a fire zone. We can't. We can go fire zone. I can go uh, too high trap coverage and put the two. Put the. Uh, I'll put all four of them actually on the goal line. Um, and you know. But I would. I like. I like bringing pressure. So we would bring a safe, I would bring a safe pressure, or maybe it could be a creeper. It's just the fourth rusher off the edge. Somebody to make sure he can't sprint to the field, set his feet and throw the ball in the end zone. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. When I was, I think it was my second year coaching. It might've been my first two minute situation and two minute end of the game. I brought, I actually brought four from the field <laughs> cover zero. This is 2008. So yeah, yeah. You know, this is basically you get him down. It's good. Yeah, Gary <laughs> Patterson, wide dogs, wide dogs line, as he would call it. But uh, yeah, we actually they tried to run a reverse pass, and we actually almost intercepted the reverse, so it worked out. But there you go. Uh, I, 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 you know, as as you get older and less insane, and your prefrontal cortex starts forming completely in the front of your brain, and you realize like, hey, that's not a great idea. Uh, I, I, I slowed down on that, but, uh, yeah. I always liked exotic crap on Hail Marys where you line up three guys on one side, one on the other, but they're all outside of the tackle. And so you're basically just like running yeah, around yeah, and can't. trying to flush the quarterback doing crazy stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's just real effect, real effective. If you went down, uh, it was like two years ago, maybe three years ago. The study uh, went through all the all the Hail Marys in the NFL that are successful. Only ones that were successful is people played rush three, back everybody up. 
Not one time was it successful when they bought pressure. Interesting. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. I hated that. But yeah. I'm also the guy that gave up two Hail Marys in one playoff run. Mm. So, yeah. We won. We were state champs, but I've told this story a lot before. But I ended up on the front cover of Max Preps for an insane Hail Mary. We win. We beat the number one team in the country offensively. And we get on the cover of Max Preps because the guy made a circus catch over five of our guys. And we had a timeout. Mm. I could have called a timeout. Famous last words. Do you want the timeout? It's like, no, we got this. Yeah, we got this. All right. <laughs> we got posterized. And then the guy from the LA Times, we come out of the handshake line, like this amazing win, unbelievable moment in my life, in my coaching career. The dick from the LA Times was like, Vassar, you worked with Randy Shannon, right? It's like, well, I was a, I was a peon with him in Miami in video while he was at DC. He goes, yeah, my buddy knows you. How about that Hail Mary? I'm like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> we literally, our team hadn't even gone all the way through the handshake line. I'm like, that's yeah. what you want to talk about? So let's talk four minute, the dreaded, terrible four minute. First of all, do you have a special four minute defense that you put in specifically for that situation? No. Uh -uh. Okay. For no. those who do not know, or maybe it's called a different name to me, four minute is the offense has the ball. They're trying to run the game out. Um, so they're sitting on it. You're trying to get the ball back. Um, and I know some guys that have, of course, Alabama does this. They have a four minute defense. They run. These guys are insane. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how much they call it, but it's, they install it. Let's talk about before you, what you do specifically. Let's talk yep. about the considerations. So yep. how do you differentiate? They're up by a field goal. They're up by a touchdown with also considering the field position and timeouts that they have. What's kind of the matrix that's running through your head when you're trying to calculate what you need to do. And then we'll talk about what you specifically do. Yeah. First question would be is how many timeouts we've got, you know? So if we, if we're sitting there with the, that's what I meant. Did I say how many timeouts they have? Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I told you my brain's <laughs> fried. How many timeouts do you have? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, how many timeouts we've got? Uh, does that really factor in? Not, not a whole lot. I mean, this factors in when, hey, when's the head coach want to call them? You know what I mean? Um, but uh, so, you know, you're saying it's three downs, we got to stop them. So we're going to be, like I said, depends on what they come out in. Um, you know, is it 11? Is it 12? Uh, but uh, we're going to be in whatever our short yardage calls were for that personnel grouping. You know, so if they're 11 personnel, and hey, this is what I had set to call on third and two, 11 personnel, you know, that's what we're running. You know, whether it's a pressure, whether it's a blitz, whether it could be a goal line coverage, we're talking about, hey, uh, screwing a free, uh, we got red cover, red one, we got to screw the free safety down in there, and we're not going to have a post player, you know. Um, so that, that's primarily it. You know, if we're, we're doing that, uh, first thing coming out is we're probably going to screw his ass down there and not have a post player. We're going to load the front. And it could be pressure, but generally if it wasn't – if it was something we had going in the game plan that week for short yardage, then I wouldn't do anything. If we had a short yardage, hey, we're going to pressure this, well, then that's, pro that's where I'm going with. Um, you know, so the things really is how good is their quarterback? You know, where is this thing at? You know, is in the minus 20. 
Um, I think I think it's totally different. I think minus twenty, and I think if he gets the ball at the forty, I think it's a little different. Because even at minus twenty, he knows if he gets stops and he punts the football, you're going to get in good field field position with a chance to win. So that forces an offense coordinator to be more aggressive on third down. So you got to think about that. He goes first down, second, it goes to third down. He may throw the sucker, you know, because he will. You back him into a corner. Don't be stupid. You know what I mean? You back him into a corner. He knows if he can't get this. If he can't, he's at least take a shot to get the third. But if he doesn't, and you got a timeout, and you burn the timeout, he punts the ball to you with two minutes to go at the 50. He knows he's it's, it's over with, you know. Um, so, but I think also at the ball set of at the 40 or something like that, they're usually content with going first, second, third, punt the football, backed up, let you run it down. So I think those are two different situations. Okay. So if he was, if he was backed up, I'm thinking heat him up or load the box pressure, first down, second down, boom, we're burning timeouts. One, two, third down. Right, third down, I got to be able to play. I got to play third down. I'm not. You can't do. You can't do it again because there's a chance he's, he may. He's gonna throw the sucker. You know. Um, then uh, the ball sitting at your at the 45, 50 yard line. You know, it goes first, second. Uh, he may do it again. You know, how experienced is the quarterback? And also, what 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 is what is their guy like? You know, is he kind of a gambler? Throw, throw it. He's an air raid guy. He may throw it, sucker. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, what's he hanging his hat on? There's nothing worse than an air raid guy on third and three in a four minute situation running wide cross and getting it for a first down after they've blocked right. up your six man pressure. I tell you, there's nothing more <laughs> defeating than that. <laughs> Yeah, just run the ball. Yeah, damn that it. sucks. But you you want to get the thing incomplete and go. Oh, I didn't even have to burn the timeout, and he loses the ball game because of it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so the only other pressure we talk about really is hey, in those situations, I think that it depends on who they are. But if it was now the ball sit at the thirty-five, it could be the forty-five. If this is their plan, this could be their plan on third down. I think what you have to get ready for is they do something where they move the pocket and give the quarterback a run pass option. If it's there, he takes it. If it's not there, he runs the football, keeps the clock moving. I think it's a big – I mean, that's what we did for a long, long time in those situations was that was it. I think that's a smart move, and that's what you should do. So what are you going to do if they do that, you know? So that, that way you, you need to pressure the quarterback's hand. And if you're doing that, you've got to play something – whatever, you're going to trap coverage or something to it so that you can handle the whatever tight end to the flat, the easy throw. That's a pretty general one. Yeah. Play action pass, tight end to the flat, Z on the go. He comes out, he sees the tight end wide open, he dumps it to him, he gets the first. If he doesn't get it, he tucks it and runs it. So um, I think that play in general right there is something you better be, I think you need to be able to defend in a four-man situation. Now, when I gave the air raid wide cross example, you mentioned, you know, or you could sack him and they could lose the ball game. <laughs> And you had a sinister yeah. laugh. That sounds like something that happened to you. Would you care to share the story? No, I don't. I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus. No, 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 no. You don't have to. You, you don't have to throw anyone under the bus. No, no. no you don't have to throw. Yeah. You don't even have to no, tell us when it happened. But has it happened to you where somebody tried to get cute and you ended up getting them and then you won the game? Yeah, yeah. I won a conference championship off of it. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. they tried to get cute on third down, threw it, gave us the clock. And 
Yeah. We went down, I guess enough time, we went down and punched it in. Remind me when I come to Waco, whenever that is, to get you drunk, and I want to hear that story. (laughs) 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 So four minute, two minute, any other time considerations or anything before we get into overtime? I mean, I don't know. There's a bunch of those little clock situations, you know what I mean? I don't know. I like the the balls and they, you know. I don't think it affects much because most of the situations I, I would play third, whatever a third down call were. Right. I would I would just play them. So. Have you ever been in like a third and seven where you thought they were going to pass it, but you still were like, and I'm bringing my zero blitz, and then it they actually passed it and it worked, or was that the situation that you yeah. already talked about? No, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like. I mean, I like zero pressure. I love it. I mean, I think, it's, you know, if you, you force a quarterback to, to decide whether he's going to – can he handle the pressure? Can he throw off his back foot? Can he get the ball out quick? Can he see it? Uh, inexperienced quarterbacks, I think it's really important to have this ability to get after his butt with a zero. You know, and especially if you can do it early in the game and you get him, then you can simulate it whatever else you want. He feels the pressure the whole time. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's zero. We haven't, we didn't run a bunch of them last year. Ran them in, uh, what was that, the year before, 19? No. Yeah. What was last year? Last year was 20. So, 19 a year old we did. Um, but, I mean, I think they're good. I mean, I think they're good, you know. Um, I, hopefully, we're going to be able to run them. You know, someone's just going to be in our corners where we're at. Awesome. So, let's talk overtime. What do you got for overtime? Uh, geez. Well, uh, last one we were in, we didn't do very well. So we went to West Virginia in overtime, lost in double overtime. Um, but I, I think, you know, again, uh, it's kind of really, it's your red, what's what's the red zone offense. I think that's really, when you get down to it, what's going to be their, their calls. Um, now I do believe this, just like, I don't know if I can stop with this. All right. I should have probably done this in two minutes. When two minute, like before the half, uh, when they start out, they're backed up. Let's say they're on the twenty. Almost every one of these guys is going to call something safe to start, whether it be a draw, a screen. They just kind of want to get the ball rolling. So almost you know? like an opener in the middle of the field. Like yeah. The game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think the same thing happens. A lot of these play callers uh, when we go we go overtime. Um, their first call is going to be something they feel real comfortable with. They, they just want to have success. You know, they just don't want to be sitting on second 10, you know? So if it's the run, okay, it's going to be the run. If it's a, uh, Y line, you know, screen, then okay, then that's what it's going to be. If it's a smoke screen, you can get that, you know, what are they, what are they feeling really good about? You know, and that kind of goes back to the game. What have they, what do they do? And we got we call we list them as gotta have it, you know. In the gotta have it situations, what did he do? Third and three, uh, going in, what did he do? You know, uh, third and one, and tight, you know, on a tight drive, what what did he do in that situation? You know, um, so I think if you kind of look back within the old game and say what did he do in the gotta have it? Now, hopefully, you may have an idea going in the game to do that. Uh, but they're kind of hard to find in games, and especially I you know a high school level, you didn't get the manpower to do that cred. Yeah. So, uh, 
Well, not with Huddle nowadays. Shout out to the sponsors, Huddle. Not with Huddle. There you Huddle's go. Huddle's fantastic. Huddle. They do everything for you. Got to give some love to the yeah. sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to yeah, agree I with that he... statement. I'm like, uh, maybe I shouldn't agree with that because I yeah. enjoy working with Huddle. There you go. Well, Huddle could do everything. So <laughs> Sign him up. Sign there Coach Roberts up. He's auditioning. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just got booked for their Blitz 22 clinic, whether you liked it or not. I think that was just, <laughs> you just got booked. Oh, man. But uh, uh, actually, it's interesting that you brought that up because that was one of the things I know that with film storage and things, some, that stuff that high school coaches got to worry about. I always saved two point plays. Like even if oh, it yeah. was a team that we weren't supposed yeah. to quote unquote play next year, that you never know coaches, especially when I was in the central Valley and you know, that area very well in California, Yeah, those guys go from place to place. And when your butts on the line, in fact, um, I, we played a section final in 2017 and we actually won because basically because I'd saved all the two point plays and we had practiced yeah. them. So after playing the same team seven times and I actually had coached with the staff, they were the JV staff when I coached at the school and then I left and they became the varsity staff. They had three two point plays they ran and I had saved a clip of it and going back to when they were the JV coaches and mm -hmm. we called timeout. They, it was 31, uh, 31, 24. They scored. They decided to go for two. I burned a timeout. We played an over front with a wide nine, like a super wide cock nine, which we never do to force the issue. Cause we knew they were going to motion the Z in basically run snag seven flat sprint out out of the eye. And yeah. I was able to make a coverage adjustment that I would have never made. <laughs> Honestly would have never, ever made had I not saved those cutups in those clips. So yeah. I know if I'm doing that at the high school level, I'm sure you guys have every two point player and two point play is a lot more common in college than it is high school. But any, yeah. I'm sure, you know, cause I've seen some of the dossiers, uh -huh. some of these schools have on OCs like in, in paper form, but uh, I'm yeah. sure you guys have clips of these guys going back years and years and years and years. Yeah. It's easy right now. Like a PFF, you PFF two point plays and I can type in anybody last, you know, couple of years and I can get them. Any bank college football. So if he ran one, I, I pull and we do, I do. Usually that's like on Thursday morning. We, we, we watch. So it's easy really for us. Unless someone says to pull it up. So I pull two minute drives before the half, watch them all, you know, Hey, uh, you know, two minute drives at the end of the ball game and you know, watch their Hail Marys. If they've been in that situation, watch all their two point plays, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I called that paranoid period when, when the haze in the barn, so to speak, and then you mm -hmm. start going, oh shit! What about this? We didn't look at that. And it's when you kind of have that your time to yourself. When what is it? Idle, idle time is the devil's playground, or whatever. That's mm. apply that to football coaches, and then you start getting paranoid. Oh god, we didn't practice this. We didn't practice that. Uh, mm -hmm. Anything else in overtime that we need to look at or think about? Because I know some states have talked about changing some of their rules. I know, in in technical terms or in old school terms. And, and educate me here. The Kansas City tiebreaker is the one that starts from the 25. The Texas tiebreaker is the one that starts from the 10, right? And high school? Isn't that the old name? I have the, 
I think most high schools, like in California, it's 10 and in. But isn't that like called the quote unquote Texas tiebreaker? Is that the one? It doesn't matter, I guess, in the end of the day. I I, I really don't know. But there's the college one that starts at the 25. I think that was known as the Kansas City tiebreaker. I may have this backwards. I'm going to do some research. And if I'm wrong, I'll just cut the shit. But if I'm right, I'm leaving it in. (laughs) But um, (laughs) that's the the beauty of recording in in post. Uh, You just. Well, I'll go. I'll go. Yep, that's it. That's and then it. You fix that. Whatever you said, put yeah. it in behind. Um, anything else we we missed or I missed or that you can think of as we're talking through this? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we skimmed over stuff. You know, I always every time we do this, I'm, I'm like, oh, God, is it? I don't know if I'm specific enough for you. Oh, don't you worry. Know? If you're not specific, I would ask you. Like, and I and I or okay. not specific, okay. but if I mean, I know some people they like to hear what. What is he? What is actually he calling here? Well, without a grease board and other stuff, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I can tell you know. Well, and yeah, but this is this is so so to alleviate your fears and to further explain to the listeners, like this podcast is coming out in August. Most coaches either are starting camp soon or have started camp, and so yeah, if you come up with now, if you come up with some like. Hail Mary defense. That's something you can easily put in, but I don't think anybody's going to listen to the podcast now in August yeah, and change the scheme and go, yeah. Oh shit. We need to put in a whole new, t- you know, uh third yeah. and short defense. Like I, yeah, I doubt it. And if they do, yeah. that's what Twitter's, Twitter's great. If you get, a, if, if people have questions, I'm sure after yep. the last podcast, I think you mentioned some people reached out. If you have any specific questions, tag me on Twitter yeah. guys. I'll ask coach Roberts. He can follow up when he gets some time. Cause this will come out when he's in camp. So just always be patient um, with that. But yeah, I mean, and also it's not even so much that as it's the, it's the theory. I mean, everybody's different. So learning mm-hmm. the exact, like, I, you know, that's why I always shied away from putting it. I didn't put in a red zone defense quote unquote until my last year at Clovis, because we didn't see teams throwing corner routes and running the double in corner route. It, that didn't run yeah. in the open field. Now they may feature plays, but like I know in the in the NFL, there are red zone. They have a red zone offense in college yeah, too. Yeah. You know, but yep. but yep. we never saw that. We never saw like twenty three personnel, I wing like like pro style teams that would jump into that. We would yeah. see teams would just run their offense, and so that yeah. specialty we didn't. wait I never to this day have not put in a cool line defense. I've run. You know, double ones, double fives, double nines, like the old wide tackle six and some stuff. But I've never, we never had goal line because we never saw goal line offense. The only time we saw goal line offense was teams that ran that shit in the open field. So knowing exactly what Ron Roberts does on red zone is not what I really wanted to go for in terms of like, this is not a red seven podcast. This is a, what do I need to think about as I approach the season that I didn't look at last year? So. And guys, if you do have okay. questions, and and I actually have follow up questions that I'm I'm probably going to ask at some point, but there are some things you want to know. When I put out the episode, like all episodes, I put out a thread. The first thread is announcing with the link to the episode in SoundCloud. The second link is always a thank you to the person that was on the pod. I tag them and I put the show notes. Feel free to ask questions. Coach can see them. And uh, we, we can answer those questions there. Coach, I know you're on vacation. You've said a lot. I appreciate your time. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your time with your son. And uh, I'm going to start my plan to get some slim fast and sneak into that suitcase with DJ. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for having me on, Chris. It's always fun to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you, okay. Coach. 
Thanks to Coach Ron Roberts for coming on the show. By the way, what do you think of this bass line and these drums? That's 20-year-old Vass doing that. What do you think of that? Anyway, Coach, thanks for coming on, talking some in-season stuff that can be applied right now. Super important. These are some of my favorite pods to do because I know that some of you will listen and immediately go put this in, maybe with your staff, today, tomorrow, in the next few days. Or hopefully you do, or hopefully you at least think about some of the things that Coach Roberts says. Linktree.com slash Coach Vass has all the details for everything that I got going on. Remember, the Wing T course is available, the developing a third down coverage and pressure package, defending RPOs with one, two, and three high out of odd and even fronts. Rate and review the show. Subscribe if you haven't already. Hit me up on Twitter at Coach Vass, the show's account at MDGA Podcast. Next week, we will get back to the Q&A format with Kyle Kogan, one of my all-time favorite guests, and I think the record setter for number of appearances on the pod. So check that out. I will send out the link to submit your questions. Like always, we will record on Thursday and post on Saturday, technology permitting. Lastly, make sure you check out that Patreon deal, patreon.com slash Coach Vass. You sign up for the year on any tier, you get two months free. Start watching that film. Start doing that research now. It's all sitting there ready for you. Can help you this year while you're still going. Let me know if you have any questions. And as always, don't forget, the quarterback can't see with tears in their eyes.